Last time on Leighton Legends. I need you three to pose as sailors on that ship. Eventually, you find yourself at the boundary of Renlin's port. So where's this boat supposed to be at? I'm sorry, I'm just grappling with the realization I just had that my armor class is now 14. The big gun barge looks as big as its name sounds. While it's no ship of the line, it is a long and stout ship, approximately light frigate in size and dimension. These two guys are just kind of gesturing around at the top of the ship. Where do you need us, boys? Ahoy there! Who be you? It, uh, it be me, Tom Collins, your, uh, you know, new deckhand. No, no, I don't see anyone by that name here. Well, I don't know what that issue with Tom was a moment ago, because we definitely don't have him on this ship, but we are looking for a few extra hands before we set sail. Alright, so, the voyage is underway. We have a little tradition here on the boat where new sailors have to do a verse in the Nardini song. Are there actual lyrics or are we making this up? <laughs> Boys, give me a second here as I send you over some information. Jesus Christ. But she's a place I've been pining for. I'm living Nardini or bust. The song comes to an end. The captain, as best you can tell, or whoever was sitting at the harpsichord, stands up. She steps away from it, and the three men that were around her pick up the equipment and move it back behind those doors. As she stands there, she looks out over the rest of the crew, as you guys are finishing up your verses and getting back to your jobs. Then the captain turns around and walks back into her quarters. I'd like to uh, talk to Mike. Sure. If I can. Yeah. Uh, Mike is still standing there at the door just in front of her quarters, looking around. So you come up to him and, you know, you wait, you flag him down. I, uh, uh Mike, um, I have a question for you. Uh, sure. What do you have? Um, who would be the primary cartographer or navigational expert on this voyage? Ooh, big words. <laughs> the cartographer. The guy with the maps. Uh, that would be Petty Officer Mason. <laughs> would it be okay if I assisted him from time to time? I'm pretty good with these seas, having gone back and forth to Nardini many times. Well, you have other duties to adhere to. I don't think it's really your position to become a cartographer. No, no. I just know a few shortcuts that he might not be aware of. Uh, roll a persuasion check. Your character's starting to sound like an automated voice. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, always, I always got kind of a Microsoft yeah, Sam Yeah, that's, that's what, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Hello, I am Microsoft Sam. <laughs> that's a 13. Michael looks back at you. Uh, no, I don't think that that's going to be necessary. Petty Officer Mason is quite well established in these regions, and he knows his way about. You maintain your own duties, and he will maintain his. No harm, no foul. Just make sure he avoids the reef. About three clicks out. Uh, we're well aware of the area around Nardini as well as Redland. I don't think that's going to be a problem. You hit a reef! <laughs> Wait, did we? Is that real? No, no, that's... that's... Roll new oh. characters! <laughs> Roll new characters, everyone died. Okay, is there anything else that you say to Michael, or you just kind of get back? No, I'll I'll walk back to my, uh, my post area. Sure, okay. Could I have each of you roll seafaring knowledge checks? Oh, I love a good seafaring knowledge test. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. That is a critical 20. 21 for Slash. Oh, and that's, that'd be an 18 for Finn. Oh, Jesus, you guys and your voices. All right, so the rest of the day kind of goes off without a hitch for you guys. Though, Mordecai, you had a bit of a rough start to figuring out things on the ship. You quickly kind of catch up the speed while looking at your counterpart who is doing his activities and kind of replicating them. And you manage to figure out exactly what you're supposed to be doing on this ship. And you go about your duties without any issues. And the same mostly goes for you, Giovanni, and Val. Giovanni, you have different duties that take you around the ship. There are a number of rigs that need to be tied down, and you manage to do that pretty easily. Val, the cook, Aaron, ends up taking you below deck after your little musical number, and you guys get to work on the evening meal. The cook gives you a couple instructions on things he wants you to prepare for the evening meal, biscuits and stew and whatnot. And you end up preparing that without much of an issue either. I'm not sure if you actually have a lot of experience cooking, but for whatever reason, this meal goes pretty well for you. Please tell me you mix in some of your shrooms. Uh, <laughs> well, I, that's on Val. Maybe you can do that at a later point. I'm thinking the return voyage. <laughs> yeah, on the return voyage. <laughs> the whole ship's going to be microdosing, man. <laughs> Just remember, our uh, ulterior motive is to figure out stuff on Bolster, so we might need to incapacitate the crew. That's right. And crash the ship as a result. Dragon! And then you just drive straight into the shore. I I plan on figuring out where the criminal element is. Because there has to be some sailors on the take, right? Probably. Oh, yeah. This is a naughty. This is a naughty ship, dude. Hands down. No pun intended. There might be like a few legitimate people, but there's there's got to be at least a few involved in some nefarious stuff, or else we wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Right? So. Really nautical. (laughs) Fuck. So the day goes by pretty smoothly for you guys. You are each able to do your duties without any kind of issues. But eventually your shift comes to an end. Michael blows on his whistle again. And you see the people around you start to kind of relax and a few people head below deck as other people come up from the deck to take over those positions. You three, as best you can tell, kind of looking around, seem to no longer be on duty. You're not quite sure. What do you do? I'd like to tour the ship. Yeah, I want to go around looking for, like, because obviously sailors like to have a couple of drinks of rum, right? Like, uh, I'm going to try to find where the bad boys are, where what they're, cause, you know, it's probably a crew of uh, bad dudes, you know, just... Uh, some rude dudes. Some rude dudes doing their rude things. <laughs> okay. Gambling, maybe? Gambling? Oh, gambling. There's always gambling below deck. While he's doing that, I'd like to go and look at what the, the ship is hauling, if I can. Okay. So, Mordecai and Giovanni, could I have each of you roll perception checks? Oh, God. I hope this goes better. Oh, I rolled a nat 20. And a 15. Does that mean I find gambling? Oof. Okay, so we'll start with Giovanni. You're kind of in your off hours as best you can tell. You're no longer on duty, and you end up making your way below deck, and you're hanging out in the bunking area. There's about 50 different hammocks that are around you, and there are some people that are coming and going. Some people seem to be napping. Others seem to have kind of pulled up a few stools and are sitting at a corner, and you see three men that are all standing around, and they seem to be dealing each other cards. Oi. Oi. Boys, deal me in. Deal you in? Yeah. I don't think I've had the pleasure yet. Oh, pardon me, roughness. My name's Slosh. I'm so used to working on different ships that I often just fail to catch everyone's name and all the sailors start to look the same. No offense, boys. Uh, I, I guess, though, I would actually argue opposite of that. We sort of start to become a family after a while. Oh, that'd, that'd be nice. I've never, never had much of a family myself. 
Huh. Well, sorry to hear that. I guess that's why you're going from ship to ship. Uh, pull yourself up a uh, stool. My name is Bruce, and uh, he gestures over at the guy on his left. And this is Bruce, and then he gestures on the guy on his right. And Springsteen. This... His name's Springsteen. <laughs> Dickinson. No, and this is also Bruce. Oh, three Bruces make a right, don't it? Yep, we're all Bruces here. We call ourselves the three Bruces. I hope you all having the same name doesn't mean you're just disposable NPCs. Why would you say something <laughs> like that? Oh, I'm just muttering. What's the game? Uh, <laughs> made up fantasy game names. <laughs> Sailor's Poker. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Sailor's Poker. No doubt you're familiar with it. Oh, I've, I've played a couple of games. What are the stakes? Just uh, six gold pieces each. I'll, play, I'll hit that. Fair enough. And so he deals you in, he hands you a indescribable amount of cards. Um, Five. <laughs> you know they're indescribable. I rolled a 20 for perception. I think I can count how many cards guys handed me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, there are, uh, 20 cards in your hand. What? Just make it poker. Why are you gonna make it so crazy? Because <laughs> it's sailor's poker. <laughs> that just means there's, like, one less, like, reveal or something Or like extra that. reveals. You don't know. <laughs> 20 cards? It's like four decks crammed together. <laughs> fair enough. All right. You get poked. Poker. <laughs> All right. Could I have you roll a performance check? Okay. Also, the game, the intent here isn't to, like, play the game with money. I'm try- I want to, like be talking in between and try to get to know who's oh god i rolled a four all right so you end up losing your rounds oh boys clean my out what you say we play another hand double or nothing <laughs> fair enough i like you lad and they deal you in again okay while we play can i chat with them sure of course so boys i'm new on this ship but uh you know, I don't know, you always like to get a bit of crime every now and then, a little bit, not, not, you know, saying little, little bit of the, little bit of extra cash for a sailor. You guys know any, anyone I could talk to about, you know, doing a little, little gig on the side, little hush hush, little wink wink, nudge nudge. Roll a persuasion check. Oh, God. <laughs> Eleven. So, the Bruces kind of look up at you, and the one that you were initially speaking to says... Uh, no, uh, we, we, I mean, we're a clean ship here. We don't really do anything like that. Can I roll an insight on that to see if he's lying? Sure. Ten. <laughs> you have a tough time determining whether this person is lying or not. They seem honest enough, but you're not really sure. It's slippery sailor types, and they're <laughs> cunning. Man, they're just living Nardini or bust, K- man. They're cunning Nardini, Nardinian ways. Wait, would it be safe to assume some of these sailors are from Nardini? Like, is that where the, the home port of the ship is? You have no idea. Maybe. Lieutenant Black didn't uh, go over any of that with us. She didn't say where the natural port of this ship was. Renlin could be its natural port. It's possible others could be its natural port. It's possible that this could have no natural port. <laughs> to be honest, the uh, intel was a little sketchy coming from the guard. All right. Maybe I'll just roll. Can I just roll performance to end this uh, round of cards? Yeah. That's a four. <laughs> Some down. All right, you lose the next hands too, and it's a double. Oh, boys, you've oh, quite quite the cunning card hands you got here. Oh, we have a lot of practice at this game. It's uh, <laughs> our favorite pastime when we're at sea. Tell you what, I'm feeling lucky on this one. Why don't we raise the stakes to 20 gold pieces? <laughs> 20 gold pieces? If I hadn't already uh, cleaned out your other hands, I wouldn't even have that much. But uh, sure, 20 gold pieces. Let's do it. Oh, I think I'll be lucky enough to get it back. 
Besides, I uh, I did a little side work for a character named Bolster before getting on the ship, so I got quite a bit of coin to me name, if you know what I mean. Bolster? Fred? Frederick Bolster? I reckon that's his full name. I just know him as the boss man. Oh, Lord. Could I have you roll a deception check? Fifteen. Let's see what the slippery sailor pulls off. He rolled a sixteen on insight. God damn it. I feel like I've uh, I've n- I've heard a couple guys say they work for Bolster before. How do I know you really have? Oi, let's just say it's none of your goddamn business, Fahat. Well, sorry, let me retry that. Your object damn business. I started talking before I even had the slightest inclination to how I was going to respond to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say what I did for Bolster and exactly uh, public knowledge. Sure, <laughs> whatever you say. All right, so you're up in the ante on this next round? Yeah, you bet. Roll your performance check. 16. All right, so partway through the hand, the other two Bruces kind of fold. They realize they're not going to win this one. But the other Bruce on the other side of the table still feels good about it. So he ends up taking it all the way to the finish, and he lays down his hand, and he looks at yours, and he realizes that he lost. Yes. What do I get on a 20 gold card wager? 30 gold because you get his 20 gold and then you also get five gold from the up antes of the guys who folded hey i'm up to an even 300 gold now excellent oh it's been a pleasure playing with you boys perhaps we could uh play some more later i like other games more i like dice games the best uh, yeah we uh we play a couple dice games too uh we'll invite you back tomorrow evening sounds good all right see you slash So let's switch over to Mordecai, who is doing a little investigating around the ship. You rolled a 15 on perception, if we remember. So you're looking around. You are familiar with the the top of the deck. You also see that while there are no large armaments on this vehicle, you do notice that there are two ballistas, one located at the front of the ship and one at the back. So you manage to see that while this seems to be a merchandising vessel, it does have the ability to protect itself. The staircase from the top deck leads down to a central kind of room where you see there are a few desks and you also see that there are a few chairs, like kind of eating areas. There's also a staircase right behind that descends into a lower deck. This mid deck, though, is divided into three sections. So you have one area that is kind of enclosed off at the front of the ship and you have one area that is enclosed at the rear of the ship. And this is where you personally know most of the sailors on the ship live. So this is their sleeping quarters. Mm hmm. Okay. And in the very basement of this ship, there is a kind of storage area. The deck seems to have been leveled out. So there is a flat series of boards that go across the entire hull of the ship so that it's walkable rather than having it just descend into a point. And you can see that there is like a lot of storage containers all around. There are boxes. There's also feed. So there are some chickens that are kind of kept in a coop at the front of the ship. And they seem to be caged and have a number of feed around them. So it seems like this is kind of a general storage area for not just merchandising equipment or items or inventory, but also an area where food is stored. Is there anything down here that looks like it's more secure than the rest? There's a number of what you imagine to be inventory items, things in boxes that seemed to be held in place by rigged netting. Mm -hmm. You can see that just about everything else, though, is also kind of held in place somehow so that in the event of a storm, you know, chickens aren't flying around. Everything's battened down. Okay. Good term. Good term. Yeah, great term. 
Can I try opening up a couple of boxes? Just like haphazardly, like two or three? Sure. I should also mention that you're not alone in this area. Okay. There seems to be a few people that are just kind of sitting on boxes, hanging out. How many? I'd say about five. Oh, damn. Okay. They're not all together. Like, there's like two people that are kind of hanging out, talking at the front of the ship. And there are like three other people that are kind of off to the side, chatting about some stuff. All right. Um, I'll go over to one of them. <clears throat> so, um... What exactly are we taking over to Nardini? Which group are you talking to? The two guys or the three guys? The two guys. The one guy is kind of laying on a series of boxes that have some hay on top of them, so he's kind of in a comfortable position. And he looks up as he starts speaking to him, and he says, uh, What was that? Oh, I was just inquiring as to what cargo we were actually ferrying to Nardini. I'm not especially in the know about that. I'm not, you know, the steward of the ship. I think it's just inventory, goods. Sales? Does that mean you are now just lazing around on the job? I'm not on the job. I'm on my off shift. And this is where we hang out when we're not working. Uh, this is not a large ship. There's not a lot of places to go. I'm only asking. This is the normal timbre of my voice. I am not angry with you. Oh, um, yeah, this is where I hang out. Okay. Good to know. Who who are you? My name. Who are you, Joe Normal? Who are you? Is Tom. Uh, well, Tom, hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you also. Do you mind if I pop a squat? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, just hit me. Uh, sure, yeah. Pull up uh, whatever. Um, I'm going to use a sorcery point to cast Subtle Spell, and I would like to shoot my mage hand down out of sight and see if it can open up one of the boxes without anybody noticing while I keep the two in front of me distracted with conversation. Okay, I am going to need you to roll a sleight of hand check. Now, how I'm going to kind of work this out is you're not going to have advantage on it because I think that you would also have disadvantage because you have difficulty concentrating while also trying to hold the attention of others. So I'm not going to give you advantage for distracting people, but I'm also not going to give you disadvantage for being distracted yourself. That would be a 10. Okay, so your hand kind of wisps out of the way. Nobody really notices it as best you can tell. And it's just kind of wandering in the back. It's kind of doing the finger walking motion yeah. along the boxes as it's kind of... Cousin it. Yeah, like cousin it. It kind of disappears from your vision, though you have knowledge that it's still there. And then all of a sudden you hear a box crash to the ground behind you. What was that? It seems like everybody is kind of aware that something has fallen over there. And you can see that both the group of three as well as the group of two start heading towards the back of the hall where your hand walked. I'm going to I'm gonna walk over there as well and dispel the hand as I'm walking. Sure, okay. So you head to the back and you see that there is a piece of shipping container. And it has fallen into the walking area on this bottom deck. And it seems to have cracked open and spilled out into the rest of the deck. Oh, no. I'll handle this. You guys go back and relax. Uh, sure. Thanks, um, Tom. Not a problem. And the other two guys and the other three guys kind of go back to their respective positions. Cool. So while I am putting this back, what is in the container? Can I have you roll an investigation check? Let's do it. 16. So you're kind of picking up what has fallen onto the ground. Time for a little wet work. And you look into the box and you see that there is just a bunch of hay that has kind of fallen out, <laughs> like kind of what would be padding for whatever would be in there. Okay. And you kind of make a deft kind of look around in there and you try to see what was it padding. And 
you don't see anything. It's empty. There's nothing in this box. Hmm. Okay. And then I'll, I'll just put the box back up and relash it as best I can. Keep that in the back of my head. Okay, good. So you do that, and it goes off without a hinge. Cool. Okay, is there anything else that you guys want to do on your off hours? Uh, I think while everyone's kind of doing this, I'm just going like Val's done pretty well through the day, but I think he's getting maybe about a seasickness, so he's just going to slink away privately to the latrine somewhere and just barf it out. Or sure, roll a Constitution check. Sure, he gets even more skinny. Uh, <laughs> Can't keep anything down. Ooh, seven. <laughs> All right, roll a stealth check. Damn you, Josh. I've got living Nardini or bust stuck in the back of my head. I'm glad. Val rules a 19 for stealth. Okay, awesome. So you manage to, you you feel sick, Val. You feel very sick. You do not feel good at all. But you manage to kind of stealthily move away from everybody and head to the latrines at the rear of the living quarters. And you kind of duck yourself in one of those and you end up vomiting out one of the portholes that go into the sea. Good, okay. Is it safe to say that I'm kind of alone in this like latrine area? Yeah, you're by yourself in this latrine. Okay, okay. No. There's no other people. There's not a guy sitting next to you. Well, I don't know if like... it's like a it's like a stall. It has its own little area. Yeah, but like there's no one outside. Like you want to pass the paper there, friend. Waiting to drop a bomb, like uh, you know. <laughs> there's no one knocking at the door waiting to get in. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, just really quickly, then I would just maybe just want to just zip into a rat form. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, you can do that. You turn into a rat. And just really quickly, I'm not going to go too hog wild. Just kind of investigate maybe the immediate area um, and use that key, my keen smell ability. Just see if I can't detect anything illicit. Illicit. Okay. Maybe that could be, I don't know, arcane weapons or I don't I don't know. So you leave the latrine, right? To kind of sniff around? I'm going to, yeah, change like its rat form in the latrine obviously open the door for myself and then kind of and then just kind of yeah just and then just kind of I'm crawl not, it through a crack or yeah something. i'm yeah. not going all over the place i just want to just kind of just kind of maybe even just search like the deck that i'm on and then sure sneak back eventually if if i can detect anything or not uh, and then change back okay so i'm going to have you roll a perception check rats have something called keen smell which gives them advantage on perception mm-hmm. checks so go ahead and roll perception with advantage cool uh, so Val, Rat Val, scores a 22. Nice. Good job. So you can smell that there are illicit substances on this ship. Okay. It's tough for you to kind of pinpoint exactly where they are. You're kind of wandering around and you kind of get it in some really strong areas. Sure. And you notice after a bit that the areas seem to be strongest around people. So there seems to be people that are kind of in their bunks or people who are kind of in different areas hanging out with each other that smells like good stuff. Sure. Val, smells like real good stuff. Good. Okay. So less like cargo, more like uh, like a personal stash kind of dealio. Yeah. You might be able to come to that conclusion. Sure. I think that's a really strong conclusion. Sure. Have. Okay. Yeah. Enough said. I'm just going to try and uh, skitter on back to the latrine and, and be Val again. Sure. I need you to roll a stealth check. Can do. Is that an advantage at being a rat or no? Nope. <laughs> That's a 21 for stealth. Okay, so you manage to sneakily make your way back to the latrines, and what do, you, what do you do when you're in the latrine? Just resume my elf form. Okay, so you resume your elf form. You're feeling a little bit better, perhaps, after that vomiting. 
but you're still a little uneasy. Guess we're just going to try and tee up with the others then. Okay, sure. So the uh, three of you are in your downtime. You can meet up with each other if you'd like. What do you do? I guess I'll make my way back to the bunks. Okay. End of the day, perhaps. Yeah, you can see now that the sun is starting to go down. And if you want to be ready for your next shift, you might have to go to sleep pretty soon. In fact, you can notice that a lot of people who are on the same shift as you are also kind of starting to doze off in their respective bunks. Might as well settle in for the, the hall, right? It's going to be a couple of fortnights to get to Nardini, right? We don't know. We don't know. Uh, maybe. I, I think that you might know that it takes approximately one fortnight, but it could be less. It could be more, depending on how the voyage goes. I'm willing to just like go to bed and like try again tomorrow. I, st- I still want to pick a, a fight, but I'd rather like you know maybe make some friends on the ship, like the three Bruces or uh, you know some other people that won't just be like, who's that guy? Why is he doing that? You know. Sure. So you guys communicate your various findings of being on the ship. You're able to do so without too many people listening in. Uh, nobody really takes notice. And I'll just give that to you because most people are asleep or in different areas around you too far to actually be able to overhear your conversations. The three of you drift off to sleep. For each of you, it's Perhaps a restful sleep because it was a pretty rough day. You had a lot to do and you might be exhausted. But Val, of course, your sleep is a little less good. You are still adjusting to being at sea and it is very uncomfortable for you. You feel sick a lot of the time and you frequently have to throw up, which is not great being a cook's assistant because you're in amongst food and that might be a trigger for you. You manage to get a little bit of rest, though. But at a certain point in the evening, when it's all quiet, you end up rousing yourself. And you're in your hammock. You're suspended between the two load-bearing beams. The room is full of people sleeping. It's a dark room. And there is occasionally a little candle that's in a corner, but for the most part, it's dark. You look down, and you see that the entrance to the dorm is light. It has a certain glow kind of coming from it. Hmm. This is a door at the end of the uh, dormitory lake? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got my my knapsack uh, handy, correct? Like stowed away near my hammock? Yeah. Yeah. It would be kind of like tied up to a rung at one of the load-bearing beams. I want to try something a little different maybe. I'd like to use my enchanted ear and try and see if I can't pick up on a conversation. Sure. Past the door. Uh, I don't think you have to roll anything for that, right? Nope, just roll. It just, just okay. works. Uh, so you hold this ear of corn <laughs> to your ear, and you hear a number of different kind of voices coming through it. It's difficult to, like, disentangle each of the voices as they start to speak. You hear some people kind of making chit-chat. Other people are just talking about, like, some of the stuff they want to do when they get to Nardini. Could I have you roll a perception check? Yeah, sure. And this is going to help you kind of disentangle some of the voices that are being spoken. Yeah, yeah. Try and find a, a meat and potatoes conversation here. Like, <laughs> that's just a 12. Okay. Like I said before, you kind of hear a jumble of different voices all kind of talking. You're able to pick out some interesting words, but you're not able to pick up on any kind of full conversation. But you hear some people kind of talking about slow. Right here. Hmm. They'll be here. Just around the bend. Hmm. And those are the things that you hear. But you also start to notice something else. 
the ship itself starts to slow down. Hmm. You can hear the waves not crashing as hard against the boat. You kind of feel the momentum of the boat itself is not quite as strong. Perhaps that's a little, that doesn't really feel too good to your stomach. Could I actually have you roll a constitution saving throw? Yeah. And he bunched in his mouth. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I would know about my mouth. Uh, Val rolls a three. Yeah, you throw up on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I took the top bunk. Yeah, you're covered in vomit right now. Hmm. In order to save face, can I try and like pickpocket like a another sailor's shirt out of like their bunk roll? Yeah, you certainly could. Do you want to roll a sleight of hand check? Sure. 17. Nice. So a few bunks away, you can see that there are some people sleeping in their own respective hammocks. And just like your knapsack, they have their equipment kind of tucked in a bag, just hung on the rungs of the load-bearing beam. You're able to make your way over to it and kind of stealthily put your hand in there. And you rustle around and you end up finding a spare shirt. Okay. A a nondescript shirt. I don't want to say like... uh... Bruce on it or something. <laughs> Hello, my name is Bruce. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, it is not just like a white t-shirt. It is like a ratty kind of sailing uniform. It has an open chest and uh, it seems to be very thin, but it has stripes on it. So it's possible this is nondescript. It's also possible that this could just be a normal shirt. Blue and white stripes. I like that. That sounds actually really cool. So <laughs> I'm going to take it and don it. All right. So you do that. So what do you do with your old vomit-crusted shirt? I'm going to just hold on to that for the time being. You're Put just, it in my knapsack, maybe. You're just going to throw your vomit shirt in your knapsack. Throw it out the porthole. Uh, you know what? If the latrine is anywhere handy, I would just stuff that my old shirt down the pipe there. Sure. So it's a pipe that just opens up into the ocean. So it's gone as soon as you use it. Perfect. Okay. I did. I mean, I guess I guess the latrine would be pretty close to the quarters. I hope that's your only shirt and you're just shirtless cooking for the rest of the time. Like the bathroom on the train and the mummy returns. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Great reference. I want to get to like to, to the door. I want to just like kind of cr- like just sort of creep up to the door and just see if I can't even eavesdrop or just peek through a crack if I can. Sure. So you're not necessarily sure what it is about this moment. You're not sure if it is because you are seasick and still kind of getting your bearings. But just like in your dream you had, it sort of feels like the room is just kind of moving around you and that you aren't necessarily moving through the room. But you make your way to the light around the door and you're standing in front of it. The door is closed, but you can make out like light coming from underneath it. But as you approach it, the light starts to fade. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm not dreaming, so I did a bunch of tangible stuff. So, or seemingly, I'm going to try the door. All right. You open the door, and you kind of put your head through. You don't see anyone in this common space that's standing there. But you see now that there's, like, a little bit of a light at the top of the staircase that goes up to the main deck. I don't know if I want to creep up there, man. But I feel compelled to, for the sake of some story building here. Yeah, I'm going to try and just kind of creep up to the main deck, I guess. Kind of lay low. Like, me just kind of like... Yeah, peek above it? Sure. Peek above it if I can. Can I have you roll a stealth check? Sure, man. Don't fail me now. Uh, Val rolled a 13. All right. So you creep your head above. You can see that it's a very kind of sparse crew, a skeleton crew on the deck as you look up. And you can see that at the edge of the deck, just before the sea, is who you presume to be Captain Pauline, based off the information that you have been given, as well as the visual that you had of her yesterday. The flamboyant costume? 
uh, I wouldn't call it flamboyant, but it is piratey. <laughs> and she's standing there. The ship itself has almost come to a complete halt at this point. And you can hear splashing just in front of her. You can hear kind of some mumbled talking from whatever is happening on the other side of that railing. And then you see a rope ladder suspended over the edge of the ship. Hmm. And as you do, you make note of that. You can see it go taut as somebody, presumably on the other side of it, starts to climb up it. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, you sit there dun. watching this for a second, and then all of a sudden you see a cloaked figure climb over the edge of the railing. It's not a person you recognize. It's no one who was on this ship before, but they're standing there nonetheless, and they seem to be talking to Pauline, and she gestures at the rear of the ship, and the cloaked figure and Pauline start to make their way to her cabin. Hmm. Midnight rendezvous. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I'm just going to just keep that on my hat, relate to the boys in the morning. All right, so you make your way back down the stairs then, and head to your bunk? Definitely. Okay. Quick as a shadow. <laughs> okay, so you slip back down below the deck and you head back to your bunk at the back of the dorms. No, not like that, Martin says. You're letting me keep my arms too close to my body. It's only a week or so after you're running with the doctor at Cinema Silhouette, and you're practicing with Martin in one of the spare rooms of the cinema, which Martin has loosely moved into. You want your opponent to extend themselves, either by you pressing the attack to draw their arms out, or by moving yourself into a position where they have to reach in order to strike at you. If you keep your limbs too close to themselves and you don't pin them, they're going to have too much flexibility to move around your attack, and you won't be able to disarm them. Let's try again. Could I have you roll an attack? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oof. It's a 10. Uh, the motion feels uncomfortable as you throw yourself into your attack. You go to strike at Martin, but he's just able to definitely step to the side. No, I said you have to make them extend. You're not going to do that, and you're not going to be able to pull their weapon away. Ah, why, why can I not just strike at them? The point isn't to strike at them. The point is to disarm them. All right, well, I'll give you another one of these. Ah, just roll the 12. <laughs> okay. Uh, huh, that's not quite like I remember it. You look behind Martin, and leaning against the wall is a disheveled man with two long swords, one on his back and another shorter sword tied to the belt at his waist. It's Slash. I suggest moving on a 45 degree angle from his strike when you parry. It'll extend his limbs just enough to give you the edge you need to make his wrist uncomfortable. That's when you twist. Try it again. By the objects. What trickery is this? Oh, just giving a little aid to an old friend of mine. Did, uh, does, can Martin see Slash? You're looking at Martin, but Martin doesn't seem to notice Slash. He doesn't hear anyone. He's, he doesn't respond to anyone speaking around him. He seems very focused on you as though he's waiting for you to attack him again. I'm just going to attack Martin again then. Okay. That's a 22. All right, Jesus, I thought I was going to have to fib these numbers to make this story work, but this is just working out exactly how I want it to work. 
You go to strike at Martin, and as you do, you kind of push him back. But as he's pushed back, he juts his arm outwards to kind of parry with your sword. And that's when you know you have to apply this technique. You twist your arms. And like a match being stricken, the blade goes flying. Huh, that's much better. And then Martin stops. He doesn't stop speaking to you. He just stops. He's not moving. He's in the motion of walking over to pick up his sword, but he's not continuing on his way. The character from behind him speaks to you. That's much better. I knew I could help you out a bit. Are you an apparition? Well, I wouldn't say apparition. I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I think you'll be doing a little bit of dying on guard. Uh, roll to 12. <laughs> you go to strike at the vision of Slash in front of you, and you come down with your sword, and he just kind of parries it to the side and steps away. Now, now, J.O., I thought we just uh, went over the proper technique for this. It's a shame to see that you're not really paying attention. Must have been a fluke. What are you doing here? Oh, I'm just here to help out, lend a little aid. No, that that cannot be. You're a despicable person. Oh, Geo, that's no way to talk to an old friend. We are not friends. No, I suppose you're right. And Slash waves his arms behind him, and the room with Martin in it is gone. In its place is a memory. You've gone on a few holy missions for the Temple of the Sacred Object before, but nothing quite like this. This expedition into the Badlands took about two fortnights of hard marching through uncooperative terrain. The mission seemed holy in nature to vanquish a terribly evil, feathered creature. The Temple of the Sacred Object had suffered a terrible blow to funding after the schism, and contract work like this was how knights and paladins alike kept the candles lit. Unfortunately, this meant other sellswords and mercenaries contracted by the merchants were also along for the quest. And though many set out on this journey, only two remained. You and Slash. You're looking at the two of you now, with the vision of Slash standing next to you. Your past selves had set up a camp in a building that at one point could have been the center of the community, a town hall or church. It is abandoned, only in the sense that the people who would have occupied it are nowhere to be seen. You can see large notches cut into the front doors of the building, and the belongings of town residents hastily left around the room. You see that your past selves are bruised, cut up, and your armor is torn. A feather is stuck to the back of Slash's back. You look down at your forearms, and you can still see some of the scars. Past Slash? starts picking through the belongings. You hear yourself speak. What do you think you're doing? Oh, just helping myself to some of the plundering. That's not yours to plunder. Well, I don't see anyone around here who's going to argue with me on that. No, but these people will be back at some point, now that we've slain the creature. Uh, maybe they will, but they're not here to help themselves at this moment, so I might as well help myself. Yes. Help yourself. Slash is picking through the belongings at this point. He seems to have made his way to the very back of the building, where there are a number of boxes and some bags, and he's kind of sifting through it. And you see him bend over and then stand back up. Boy, this is a nice bottle of wine. How'd the villagers get something like this? I wonder. 
Perhaps they're saving it for a special occasion. Well, I'd have to say taking down a feathery beast is a pretty special occasion to me. I'd hate to let it go to waste. I hate to think about all the men who died to slay that beast, and only we two remain. Yep, just the two of us. All the more for our pickings. You choose to honor their memory by stealing from villagers. I choose to honor their memory with a drink. Something I suggest you should do as well. Fine. Slash pulls out the bottle. You can see him kind of playing around with something that is blocking the end of it. And he gets it loose and holds it up to his lips. He takes a deep gulp and then turns around, passing it to you. I'll uh, take it. Or I took it? This is a flashback, right? <laughs> yeah, just pretend you're in the moment for now. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll take the bottle from Slash and have a, not, not as long a pull as he took, but a pretty, pretty good one. Probably pretty exhausted from this bloody fight and uh, probably want to forget about all the horrible, horrible things I witnessed that day. boy, Drink deep. It gets easier after your first kill. That wasn't my first kill. Oh, no? No. No, it wasn't. Well, fair enough. Everyone's got their secrets. Quite. People do strange things in the heat of battle, do they not? Well, mistakes can happen sometimes. Battles are pretty crazy things. Swords are flying, arrows are hitting people. Weird stuff can happen. Yes, especially when the only hostile target is a gigantic feathery creature. Past Slash looks at you. What are you talking about? saw what you did. You know what you did. Say it. I don't know what you're talking about, boy. I saw you stab the commander in the back. Ah, that. It's a shame you saw that, but, uh, a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. Why? Let's just say that the captain and I had a little bit of a disagreement beforehand, and... He got what was coming to him. If you weren't so set on your personal vendetta, more people could have survived. Uh, maybe. But those would be a couple more people I'd have to deal with down the road. I guess so. And what about me? What about you? Well, you said you'd have to deal with those people. Do you plan on dealing with me? Ah, uh, you're a boy. What are you going to do? Good point. I'm faded, pretty badly wounded as well. May I have another drink of that wine? Of course, lad. Here you go. Glug, 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 glug. Glug, glug, glug. Well, let's see what else they have here. And Slash turns around and starts picking through some of the other belongings there. And Giovanni's gonna... I'm assuming all his magic is used. Yeah. I'm just gonna try to stab him in the back. Okay, you're going to stab him in the back. i stab him in the back, because this guy's just going to kill me as soon as I fall asleep. Okay. Are you doing that with the dagger that you have? I think I have to. Um, okay. Because you probably... I don't, I don't know. What would you say for game purposes? I mean, like, for game purposes? Yeah, you could stab him with whatever you want. You could stab him with a candlestick if you want, but it's, it's up to you. Well, no, I don't have a candlestick in my inventory, so... Uh, there might be one around. All right, I'm going to go for the stab of the dagger. Uh, roll a stealth chuck. Oh, it's a five. <laughs> okay, you make a pretty loud noise as you start to walk up behind him. 
you kind of like hit some dirt, some rugs that are along the way. You trip a bit and he can hear you moving behind him and he turns around and you can see that the sword that was at his belt is no longer there. It's in his hand. Well, boy, I didn't think you had it in you. You're going to come at me. Uh... Oh, God. That's a solid nine. Is that with your longsword or yeah, your... I, I switched, okay, with I switched your longsword. to longsword after stealth failed. All right, so you no longer have the advantage on that attack. Uh, you didn't roll with advantage. You go to strike at him. You can see him kind of dance back a little bit as you do that. And his sword, it kind of moves like water just out towards you. And it strikes your blade. And as it does that, he twists his wrist. And your sword goes flying out of your hands. What foul sorcery is this? No sorcery, boy. Just a good forearm and a little know-how. He drops his sword down away from you. Listen, son, I suggest you leave now, or else things are going to get pretty messy. I don't want to kill you, but I will if I think you're going to come at me. And you can see him slip his sword back into the sheath at his belt. He doesn't really consider you a threat. Not anymore, at least. And he turns around and starts to pick through some of the luggage again. You can see the vision of Slash standing next to you as you look on at your two selves bickering. And the vision of Slash turns to you and he says, Now that is a disarm strike. But then you start to see your character, yourself, your past self, start to move up to Slash. You're moving very quiet this time. You're walking closer and closer to him. He doesn't seem to be stirring. What does your past self do? Past self stabs him. All right, roll a melee attack. That's a 20 for 7 damage. The knife plunges down, straight into past Slash's back. He cries out as it hits him. Guys! You can see your back self pedal away as past Slash starts to turn towards you. Boy, what the hell do you think you're doing? I, 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 I'm, I, it's, it's righteous. Righteous, you and your religion. You think you're better than the rest of us? We're all trying to get by. You were stealing from these people. If you robbed them, you would have had no they would have nothing left to get through the winter. And if I hadn't robbed them, somebody else would have. And you can see that the figure of Slash is now starting to kneel on the ground. By all the gold in this room, boy! Past Giovanni looks at his hands, knowing that he has no hands to lay upon to right this potential wrong he's made. He just kind of stares at Slash. But uh, he's going to offer him a drink from the wine. Wait, which slash? Or which which version of yourself is offering drinks? What? Past Giovanni is going to offer past version of slash the wine cask or bottle or whatever it is. Well, I certainly didn't see that bottle of wine being my last one. Assuming that this is, you got a lot of nerve offering me this wine after what you just did. Consider it a toast to the captain you slain. You don't know what you're talking about, boy. And you can see that Slash has now kind of gone from his knees and he's now kind of laying on his back, which you imagine would be incredibly painful considering that there's a knife sticking out of it. But Slash, past Slash, he doesn't seem to be paying it much mind as he lays back. John would set this building on fire to make sure, but I don't think that's what Giovanni would do. <laughs> Because all the townsfolk stuff is in there. And the whole point of this murder was to protect them. 
Uh, I think I'm just gonna mosey on out of there. <laughs> okay. You can see your past self starts to walk backwards away from the figure of Slash lying on the floor there. A pool of blood starting to form around him. And you leave the room. The vision of Slash standing next to you turns to you, who is watching this whole event play out. You might not know this, son, but that was a pretty painful way for me to go. It took four days for the villagers to find my body, but it took three days for me to die. Well, at least you are dead. I suppose so, from a certain point of view, but I ain't done yet. Why have you returned to haunt me? What makes you think that I have? And you turn around as a figure pushes up behind you. You're looking at the vision of Slash. He's speaking to you. But something else moves behind you. And you turn around. You see a different Slash. Maybe not a different Slash, but rather another Slash. And he's standing behind you with a knife in his hand. And he starts plummeting it towards your back. Just before it hits, though, you wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. The next part will be coming out next Wednesday. If you're interested in hearing more about us, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, or Patreon as Late End Legends. A special thanks to our patrons this week, Al, Kate, Ethan, and Paula. If you're like these very special people and want to support our podcast, join us over on Patreon. We'd love your help. With that, we'll see you next week. <laughs>